0: coming today on negotiate your best life with rebecca zung they don't want you to actually leave them they want you to prove how much you love them they want you to, or they want you to feel manipulated they they enjoy messing with your feelings that is part of the game for them so if you actually leave them if you actually abandon them they will lose their minds So the big questions are these, how can we navigate and negotiate every situation in our lives, in our career, in our businesses, in our relationships, and even with ourselves for our own self-worth? In other words, what if you could win every time and have no losers? Let's face it, we're not negotiating just to buy a car or for a pay raise. We are negotiating for living in every aspect of our lives. How can we do that powerfully, successfully, and victoriously? Those are the questions, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Rebecca Song, and welcome to the time where you negotiate your best life. 10 things to help you win this battle. They will lose their minds if you do these 10 things, all right? Ready? Let's go. Number one, set boundaries. They can't this. If you set boundaries because they've conditioned you, they've conditioned you from the beginning. They started love bombing you, but then they start ghosting you. They start doing all these things. They start this power play with you, right? And they think you belong to them. They can do anything that they want but you're not allowed to have any boundaries. So as soon as you start setting boundaries, they're going to show up at your house or office. They're going to start flooding your texts and emails. They're going to start doing all these things. They're going to start going crazy. But if you start setting boundaries, they will lose their freaking minds. Stop catering to their every need. You'll see them go insane. That's number one. Number two... Number two, don't give them compliments. Stop giving them compliments. Stop giving them that positive attention. Stop giving them that positive reinforcement. That's what they need. They need that narcissistic supply. That's their food. That's their lifeblood. That's their oxygen. That's what they need more than anything else in the world, that narcissistic supply. That's their diamond level supply. That's the thing they need more than anything that adulation. If you stop giving that to them, their brain will explode. That's what they need. So if you want to see them go crazy, that's something that you can definitely do. They have attached themselves to you for a reason. And I always say narcissists don't attach themselves to you because you have so little value. They attach themselves to you because you have so much. Even though they start the devaluing process almost immediately, they do attach themselves to you because you have so much value. Mm, I know it's this mind thing that they do to you. Number three, number three thing that'll make them go crazy is giving them honest feedback. They may say they want honest feedback. They do not want honest feedback. They want you to give them that adulation. They want that positive reinforcement. Yes, they do want you to lie to them. They want you to tell them how wonderful they are. They want you to say how great they are at all times. No, they do not want that honest, negative feedback, honest feedback. No, they want positive feedback at all times. All right, so that's number three. Number four, number four, number four, is they don't want you to stand up for yourself. So that'll drive them crazy. When you stand up for yourself, especially if you've been conditioned early on in the process to allow them to have their way, and then you start fighting back, and you start asserting yourself, and you are not allowing them to walk all over you anymore, they don't like that. They'll start to lose their mind, okay? But that is the only way that narcissists will start to respect you. They'll say they don't like it, but they will start to respect you a whole lot more. And I have a whole video on this topic, by the way. This is the only way to make a narcissist to respect you. I have a whole lot more on this in that video. You're definitely going to want to check out that video. This is where you start to slay. Slay the day. Slay is my whole methodology for how to actually Win against narcissists, strategy, leverage, anticipating, and focus on you. and if, All right, next, number five, disagree with them openly and honestly, especially openly. Ooh, in front of people, they don't like that. Number five, disagree with them. Number six is ignoring them, especially when they start to rant and rave. They hate to be ignored, hate to be ignored. That's like the worst like you're basically ghosting them, which is, you know, that's one of their moves. That's their move. So when you're ignoring them, you're using their little power move against them. They don't like that. No. All right. So that's uh, number six. Number seven is when you don't believe what they're saying, when they're like feeding you their, their lies and you're you're, certain, you're saying, I don't think that's true. And you're kind of challenging what they're saying. I don't like that either. And that'll kind of, uh, they'll lose their minds over that too. But you know, I'm going to tell you, don't call them out on it maybe necessarily right away because that can be good leverage down the road. So, you know, give them some rope to hang themselves, just saying. And number eight, number eight, we're working our way. To number 10. Have you noticed that? You want to stay with me here. You want to stay with me here because we're working our way. Number eight, ignore, ignore their attempts to manipulate you. Hey, I've been there. I've been there with some covert narcissists. I've had to deal with some coverts in my time. Not fun, not pretty. They pretty much suck. And that's why I'm on this mission. That's why I'm on this little crusade that I'm on. That's why I have this little forum that I'm I have here. You want to know why I feel so passionate about this? Because I've had to deal with coverts. Mm -hmm. Yes, and I know what it's like to have to stand there and ignore their attempts to manipulate you. It's not easy. They work very hard at trying to trigger you. You can be better. You can rise above. Yes, you can. Number Number nine, keep secrets from them. They can't stand it. They must know, they must know, they must know everything. But if you keep secrets, because they they love to be the king and queen of withhold. They love to withhold. That's one of their little like thing in their little bag of tricks, the withhold. But if you do the withhold, mm, yes, so keep secrets from them. They don't like that. Number 10. Drum roll. So number 10, number 10, number 10. Who's ready for number 10? Number 10, keep your distance. Bye-bye. That'll drive them absolutely bonkers, especially if you know you're still a good source of supply. If there's still supply to be had, because you know they're vultures. So if you're still a good source of supply, then... That really drives them insane. So keep your distance from them anyway. You don't want to be a source of supply for a narcissist. No, you don't. So ease on down the road, move on. Goodbye. See ya. You know, there's definitely better down the road. Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store from accepting payments to managing inventory. Shopify Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or Shopify's POS Go Mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash bestlife, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com com/ best life to take your retail business to the next level today shopify.com/ slash best life Did you know that Americans spend an average of 90% percent of their time indoors and take 20,000 breaths a day but according to the EPA it's two to five times more polluted than outdoor air and it's sometimes up to a hundred times more polluted. I know for us and our family, our family has struggled with allergies to dust mites and mold and all sorts of things. And that's why we have loved using an air purifier. And Air Doctor has been amazing for us, and it has captured the attention of media outlets such as CNN, Money, ABC, and more, and it filters out 99.9% of dangerous contaminants such as allergens and pollen and pet dander and all sorts of bacteria and viruses so that your lungs don't have to, and it's super quiet and much more quiet than other ordinary air purifiers. Air Doctor also comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus shipping. So, head to airdoctorpro.com and use your promo code, YOURBESTLIFE, and depending on the model, you'll receive up to 39% off or up to $300 off. Exclusive to podcast customers, you will also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock this special offer by going to airdoctorpr and use the promo code, Your Best Life. All right. You want a narcissist to lose their mind? I'm going to give you 10 ways to make them do that. So make sure you stay tuned all the way till the end and make sure that you get a notepad and start writing it down because you definitely want to see how this is going to go. Now, make sure you make sure your safety is always key. Okay, number one, hold them account to their behavior. They don't want to be held accountable for their behavior, especially the covert nurse says, this is the one thing that most people don't do. I know I didn't do when I had a narcissistic business partner, at least not right away, because they're so passive aggressive, especially at the beginning. You're like, what is going on here? I know for me, I didn't speak up quickly enough, And so that's how they start conditioning you at the beginning. You know, so for me, I know the narcissistic business partner that I had would like promise to do things and then not do them. And I would be like, Should I say something? Should I not? If you hold them to account to their behavior every single time. And I'm telling you this as an attorney, you cannot let them get away. With anything. So if they were supposed to have discovery in on a certain day, you need to file that motion right away, hold them accountable to their behavior. You know, if they show up someplace after they said they were sick, go right up to them and say, I thought you weren't feeling well. They're not used to people saying things directly to them. Hold them account for their behavior. That's number one. Number two is stop giving them primary supply. They will lose their minds. You know, diamond level supply is what they love. So they love you to feed their ego. They love you to make them feel like they're amazing. Whatever it is that that is that primary source of supply that they're getting from you. If you cut off that primary source of supply, they will lose their minds. That being said, I will say to you, sometimes you want to continue to give them a certain source of supply if it is something that you're doing strategically. So I have this one particular strategy that I call fluff for favor vomit later where you know you're you're kind of ethically manipulating the manipulator where you give them something and in return you know you're getting something that you want. So for example you might say can you handle doing the quickbooks this month you're so much better at it than I am and it will be done so much more efficiently than if I did it. You, we want to make sure that there's no sarcasm in there or anything like that. But you're giving them something to stroke that ego, something that they love. Stop giving them primary supply if all you're doing is giving them supply just to give them supply. Okay, that will make them lose their minds. The next one is implications that their control is Threatened. So if they see that they're losing their grip on you, if they see that that grip is slipping away in some way, then they will lose their minds. They're going to start to have a little bit of a temper tantrum. That's okay. That's how you switch that dynamic of power. It's going to be an adjustment for you, it's going to be an adjustment for them. The way I like to describe it is a two-year-old having a tantrum on the floor. When a two-year-old has a tantrum, they feel like all they need to do is cry a little bit longer or, or scream louder or kick harder or pound their fists on the ground a little bit more. And mom and dad will just give in to me because that's what happened last time. That's what's going on, they're trying to condition you. They're trying to make it you do what they want them to do. If you give in, then they'll just do that more next time. So it feels unfamiliar to you when you're conditioning them back. But that's okay. You'll be okay and they'll be okay. Remember, they'll be the worst right before they're ready to give up. The next one is they will lose their mind if you leave them or abandon them. Even if they have said, They want to leave you or go ahead and leave me or we're not right for each other. We need to be done or anything like that because it's that push-pull thing that leave me. I hate you don't leave me. I hate you don't leave me. They don't want you to actually leave them. They want you to prove how much you love them. They want you to, or they want you to feel manipulated. They they enjoy messing with your feelings. That is part of the game for them. So if you actually leave them, if you actually abandon them, they will lose their minds. And by the way, I have other videos on the narcissistic relationship, the love bombing, the devaluing, and the discard phases, which you definitely should check out if you haven't seen those before. The next one is standing up for yourself, especially if you haven't stood up for yourself in the past. They won't like it. They will lose their minds. That's another thing that will start to upset them. But again, baby steps. You're taking that switch. You're switching that dynamic of power. You're course correcting. It's not going to feel comfortable to do it all overnight, but you can do it. You can turn it around. I say step one, don't run. Step two, make a U-turn. Step three, break free. You can turn it around. The next thing that will make them go crazy is ignoring attempts to manipulate you. If you ignore those attempts to manipulate you, and you just start going gray rock, which is what, what you're doing. You're like a gray rock. You know, this is boring. Then it will make them go crazy because they want to they go fishing. They want to they reel you in. And if you stay above that fray, then it will drive them absolutely crazy. The next one is keeping secrets from them. They are not trustworthy people to begin with. So they don't think that they can trust you. You certainly can't trust them. That's why they don't feel like they can trust you because they're not trustworthy. Whatever they're doing behind your back ain't good. So they just assume everybody's like that. So they're assuming that you're doing bad things. So if they find out that you're actually keeping secrets from them, then you know all hell breaks loose. It is what it is. And then, of course, the last one, The last one is, you know, it's all part of that slave methodology anyway, by the way, you know, where you have to create that strategy, that leverage, anticipating and focusing on you, which I teach you how to do so well if you want to beat those narcissists. And you, by the way, if you are dealing with the narcissists, make sure you have grabbed my free Crush My Negotiation prep worksheet at winmynegotiation.com, your free ebook if you don't have it. What are you waiting for, all right? So make sure you get that. So number 10, threaten to expose them, of course, but make sure you do it within the power of the slay methodology because if you don't do it the right way, it could be dangerous, all right? You really want to make sure that they're highly motivated and you are doing it the, the safe way, the strategic way, the tactical way. Who doesn't want that, all right? So seven tactics to make a narcissist panic and lose control. So by the end of this video, you're gonna have seven of them. So number one, ignore them. Because you know what they want? They want attention. They go fishing for you. They go like this. And they reel you in. You know how they do that? They bait you. They try to trigger you. I actually had a client one time. This was the funniest thing. It was like, oh my gosh, the craziest thing. They actually got separated while she was still pregnant. He left her while she was still pregnant. We came up with a parenting plan agreement while she was still pregnant. And then as soon as the baby was born, he was supposed to come over to her house to have the parenting time. He made such a big deal of it. He would actually bring a video camera and act like she was going to do something to him while she was over there, like just recovering from having a baby for his like hour of parenting time while this baby was sleeping or whatever. And, you know, setting up this tripod and the whole thing just to you know, trigger her and try to, you know, get some rise out of her. And she was so annoyed by this. And you know what I told her? I was like, let him, because it's just going to show what a loser he is, right? Just ignore him. So one of the best ways to make a narcissist panic is just to ignore them. And the more that you don't react the more they will up their game and it will cause them to do something. They will become unglued. They have a short temper and it will cause them to do something that they're not supposed to do. Ignore them. That's number one. Number two is criticize them. I know that you probably don't want to have to do that, but another way to make them panic is to maybe just call them out you know they have this high threshold for wanting to look good to the world they want to look good to everybody right so even the slightest little bit of criticism can cause them to go into a tailspin they're so easily slighted they they try to deflect criticism by attacking anybody they just are so easily slighted their 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 self esteem is so fragile that any little teeny thing can be perceived as criticism even if you're not criticizing them i honestly would not do that but if you want to watch them lose control you want them to see, you see them panic that's what you'll you know see happen the next thing is disagree with them. Disagreeing with a narcissist is a surefire way to make them lose control. They want to always be right, right? So that's why one of the things that I always say, you know, to kind of assuage them is see, you know, I agree with you. Even if you're saying like, I agree with you that that's what you think. I agree with you that that's your opinion. I agree with you that we're never going to agree, you know, like disagreeing with them will trigger their insecurities and they they may try to belittle you they may try to demean you in order to make themselves look feel better so if it's important to you know to them to like look good or whatever so you know just let them go most of the time but if you want to see them panic if you want to see them lose control disagree with them and see what happens. I would just let them, you know, I would be strategic about this sort of thing, but remain calm, remain confident. If you want to disagree with them, just look them straight in the eye and be ready. You know, when you're, when you're disagreeing, like you have to know who you are when you're doing this. All right. I know who I am because when you know who you are, you are untouchable. I know who I am. Number four is challenge them. When you challenge them, you will make them lose control. And when you're ready to do this, be ready to run, all right? They hate being challenged. It makes them feel like they're not intelligent. I think it's better fluff for favor, vomit later. That's what I say. If you want to challenge them, then you know you can do that. But when you challenge a narcissist, make sure you do it in a respectful manner. Make sure you do it in a calm manner. Otherwise, you're like getting the hornet's nest upset over there, right? You know, You, you don't want to give them ammunition against you. And be careful that you stay calm. Be very careful about that. Number five, stand up for yourself. Now, this I actually agree with. I think it's good to stand up for yourself when you're ready. You know, I say step one, don't run. Step two, make a U-turn. Step three, break free. But when you're ready, you have to make sure that you have a good support system around you. If you don't have that yet, please make sure you join Narcissist Negotiators with Rebecca Zung, my Facebook group. Join that. If you don't have good therapy, if you don't have good access to therapy, we have a partnership on this channel, BetterHelp. Go to BetterHelp.com. And get access to therapy, betterhelp.com forward slash Rebecca Sung. That is our access to therapy for you. It is our partnership. You don't pay any extra for that. It is our sponsorship for you. We want you to have access to help that you can trust. All right, betterhelp.com forward slash Rebecca Sung. But standing up for yourself is a great way to take control away from a narcissist. Narcissists try to take control of, from you, they want to put you down, they want to make you feel inferior, and if you are ready to stand up for yourself and not take any more of their crap, it'll show them that you're not going to take any more, that you're not going to be controlled, that they can't bully you into submission. That, I think, is a good thing. That's, you know, a person who knows who they are is, is their kryptonite, right? Authentic power is always stronger than you know their false sense of power, always stronger. Number six, again, I definitely agree with, set boundaries, set boundaries with them. This is step one, don't run. Setting boundaries with a narcissist is essential. If you want to maintain any semblance of control in the relationship, narcissists will try to cross your boundaries in order to get what you want. So it's important that you're firm and clear with what you want and not tolerate anything that you don't want from them. Be very, very clear with that. Step one, don't run. Set boundaries with them. All right? Very, very important. Finally, number seven is expose them. Now, again, this is part of my S.L.A.Y. methodology. You wanna be very, very strategic about this and how you go about doing this. You don't just go ahead and do this. This is all part of creating leverage, part of creating strategy, part of the whole how you set this up is very, very important. Exposing a narcissist can be very effective in help and having them lose control but you have to be very careful in how you do this. And this is what I teach you how to do when you're negotiating with narcissists. All right. So because what it looks like when a narcissist loses control isn't pretty. The next video that we watch together is use these tricks to outsmart a narcissist without backlash and make sure that you have gotten my free Crush My Negotiation prep worksheet as well at winmynegotiation.com. It's a 15-page free ebook, which will help you win your negotiation if you're dealing with them. It's amazing. Literally thousands of people have gotten it. It will help you so, so much, and it will help you with getting this leverage together and getting this strategy together if you are looking to help yourself expose them you know, make them panic, make them lose control, and do all of the things that we were talking about here in a safe, effective way. And then we'll go watch that next video. Use these tricks to outsmart a narcissist without backlash. Now, if you are dealing with a narcissist, then that narcissist is probably driving you crazy or actually maybe even feeling like insane. And you're thinking, is there any way to make them panic? Yes, there is. But first, let me just go through a couple of the things that they do to you because it's important to understand that so that you can understand the flip side of it and what makes them panic. So a couple of their go-to things are things like gaslighting. Gaslighting is trying to make you think that you're crazy. And what they do is they'll say, oh, we talked about that, or don't you remember that, or no, that's not how that went, Um, something like that, and shifting, shifting what they said, shifting what you guys talked about, shifting what you know you said, so that it meets their agenda, which is to manipulate you and to make you think that you're crazy. So gaslighting is definitely one of their favorite, favorite, favorite tactics, Another one of their favorite tactics is lying. They are total pathological liars. The crazy thing I think about narcissists is that they'll lie about stuff that they don't even need to lie about. You know, you think to the, to yourself, why are you lying about that? You don't even need to lie about that, but the thing is that narcissists think that they need to manipulate everything. They they don't believe that they can get anything just on a nor in a normal way they feel like they have to to lie so they will lie about even things that are readily verifiable which is the thing that's pretty crazy and in a lot of my other videos i talk about making sure that you document 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 everything that you do because they will eventually contradict themselves they will eventually put things in writing that are completely contradictory to what is actually happening or what they've said before. Now they'll have some explanation for it, but that doesn't mean that you won't eventually be able to use it against them. Okay? So number two thing that they do on a very regular basis is lie. The third thing they try to do a lot of is intimidation tactics. So what they what that what I mean by that is is that they will constantly try to make you be afraid. So they intimidate you in all sorts of ways. You're afraid that they're going to hurt you. They're afraid they're going to expose you. You're afraid that they're going to take your kids. They're very, very, very good at figuring out what your weaknesses are, what what means the most to you, and that's what they'll go for. So if you're a mother and you don't want to lose your kids, they'll say, I'm taking the kids and you'll never see your kids again. Um, if you are dependent upon this person for support, they'll say, uh, I'm going to take everything and leave you in the street. Um, if... Uh, if you want money from this person, then, that, you know, then they'll use that against you. So whatever they can use against you, they will, and they'll scare you into thinking like, oh my God, my life is going to be so terrible if I cross this person. And there's all different types of, of intimidation tactics that they use. Some are more violent than others. Uh, if they're more of a malignant type of narcissist, some of them are a little bit more stealth if they're like a covert narcissist. But, you know, all narcissists use the same kinds of tactics. Uh, for the most part, gaslighting is definitely one, lying is definitely one as well, and intimidating you in some ways is one as well. And another thing that they often try to do is triangulate. This is where they get their flying monkeys involved. And they get you to believe that all these other people have lined up side by side with them, supporting them. And if you cross this person or you come out and try to expose them in some way, then you're going to want be the one that looks crazy and you're going to be the one that looks insane or you'll lose all your friends because everybody believes that this person is absolutely wonderful. And so obviously you're the one that must be insane. So the, the, the term flying monkeys comes back from the Wizard of Oz and it was when the Wicked Witch had her flying monkeys in, uh, on her side. And that's what narcissists do. They all do it. They all try to make you think that they're like so close to all these other people. And so therefore, you shouldn't come out and try to say anything bad about this person because everybody else thinks this person is amazing. And if you are dealing with these things with a narcissist, which I'm sure you are, make sure you check out my video on self-care when coping with a narcissist. I will drop a link to that below. You want to make sure that you're taking care of, of yourself when you're dealing with a narcissist. I'm sure all these things sound really familiar to you, but in the end, okay, great. What can you do about it? So here's the not so secret secret about narcissists. That is that they are actually the most scaredy cats on the planet. They have no sense of inner value. I've often said they're like the chocolate Easter bunnies that are hollow inside. They have no sense of internal value whatsoever. So they've got to go and get all of their sense of, of value from the external. And that's what we call narcissist supply. It's in the form of compliments, money, prestige, you know, whatever it is that they can get to get attention for themselves on the external. But the thing is, they're super afraid. So they, if you push back on them enough, they will back down. So what causes a narcissist to panic, to feel stunned? Number one, brutal honesty. They expect, because they're pathological liars, that most people lie too. They really just expect that everybody else is just as bad as they are. They don't understand what it's like to be A normal person. They've never been one. So they don't get that. They don't get that people out there actually have integrity. They understand the concept of it, but they just really don't believe that anybody else has it. So if you're just brutally honest with them, it kind of stuns them and they're not exactly sure what to do with that. So for example, like if they, you know, a covert narcissist, Is all often sick. That's one of the things that they do. They have this whole shtick that they're they're unwell in some way, they can't work, or whatever it is. Um, you know, there's always some reason to feel sorry for the covert narcissist. And so, you know, if one day they're super sick and then the next day they show up at something fun, something that they want to actually be involved in, because of course they don't want to miss out on getting attention for themselves you know, just without any kind of sarcasm or attitude or whatever, just say, oh, I'm so surprised that you're here. You know, you, you said you were so sick yesterday and you, you have to be careful because if you say with any kind of tone whatsoever, they're like super sensitive. They can, you know, they, they can sense it no matter what level it, of, of, of sarcasm it is. They'll feel it, they'll sense it, even if it's not there. They might think it's there. So just make sure you're really saying it like as if you're reporting the news. I always say, like, just the facts, ma'am, right? Just, oh, I'm so, I'm surprised you're here. You said you were so sick yesterday. They won't know what to do with that. So, um, brutal honesty is number one. Okay. Number two is pushing back. This is something that they don't expect, especially if you are used to giving in and acquiescing to whatever it is that they want, they will be really surprised and it will make them panic if you push back against them. If they start to realize this person they thought they had total control over is no longer listening to everything that they do or doing everything that they say or buying into everything that they're selling. It will stun them and it will start to panic them a little bit because they'll be going, what's going on here? Why is this person pushing back against me? Something like that, okay? So that's number two. Okay, And number three is exposing them they do not want to be exposed for any reason whatsoever. If you really want to throw a narcissist into panic mode, let them think that they're going to be exposed or actually expose them. If their flying monkeys, find out who they really are. Or if somebody that they respect gets to see some side of them that they don't want seen, then that's a really huge way to make the, uh, a narcissist panic. So for example, in a mediation situation, if um, you know something about the narcissist that they don't want the other side to know, you, know, you might subtly say like, that, that, that fact is going to come out. In, in my world, it could be that the person has a sexually transmitted disease and they are a doctor in the community. They probably don't want the world to know that. So especially if they got it by cheating on you and everything else. So sometimes, you know, not uh, going to court can be a huge motivator for a narcissist. It can really make them panic if they think that you know the world is going to see things about them that they are have taken painstaking efforts to hide and make sure nobody else knows. So, number three is exposing them. Coming up, more on Negotiate Your Best Life with Rebecca Zung. Who's ghosting all the time? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Narcissists have no problem doing that to you, but... Definitely can't ignore them. I mean, they will flip out if you ignore them. Are you struggling with a narcissist in your life? Whether it's a family member, a friend, a business partner, a soon to be ex, whoever it is, are you ready to shift that power dynamic? But you're just feeling like you cannot win, like everybody is believing their lies, and you're just feeling like. Like there's just no way that you can shift that power dynamic. I've got a brand new masterclass for you. I'm sharing all my secrets. And so that you can finally take back your power and break free from this hell. Emotionally, physically, and spiritually. I've never done this free masterclass before. Go to break free from hell and sign up come be with me and get my secrets so that you can finally take back your power and break free, break free from hell. And let's do this. Take a listen to our archive, where you can listen to more episodes that show you the path to how to negotiate your best life. If you have a lot of bad thoughts happening in your head, you got to replace them with something else. Yeah. You have to start replacing it. And for me, it was reprogramming my brain through so many incredible podcasts and videos and obsessing over that because there was so much negativity that I had to overcome. And now we return to today's show. Okay. And number four is losing control in any way. So remember what we talked about that they are the most scared people on the planet. They're really like the bullies, you know. Um, you know how uh, in, in a Christmas story, that old movie, that you know the, the little boy fought back against the bully, and then the bully ended up running away. You know, you're really just figuring out what their level is, and and they're doing the same thing to you, by the way. So every time you uh, push back a little bit against them, they'll act up even more. They'll they'll uh, do more of their lying, more of their control tactics, more of their intimidation, more of their narcissistic rage. It will spurn them because they'll think, okay, I just need to clamp down a little bit harder against this person so that they'll behave and get back under my layer of control. Or they might start love bombing again and then devaluing love bomb devalue. They'll start. You know, doing this campaign of love bombing again because they're trying to get you back into their layer of control. They're panicking. So losing control is something that really sends them into a tizzy. The reason they do all the things that they do, gaslighting, manipulation, uh, lying, all the things that I talked about at the beginning of this video is because they're trying to assert control over you because they are so insecure underneath. And the way that you can make them panic is by having them lose some of that control. And, you know, just like if you have a two year old that has a tantrum, they're conditioning the parents. It's like, okay, if I scream loud enough, if I have enough of a tantrum here, if I cry loud enough, then mommy and daddy will give me what I want. And if you give in, As a parent to that child, then they'll know next time I just need to scream louder, I just need to scream longer, and eventually they'll give in to what I want. So, what the narcissist is doing is trying to figure out at what level do I need to act at to get this person back into my layer of control. And if you, you know, uh, give in to that, then they know I just need to be that much louder, that much. off, more awful next time in order to get this person to come back to my layer of control. So if you really want to make a narcissist panic, let them realize that you're no longer buying in to that stuff. When they start losing control that's when they super panic. Okay, so let's talk about what will make a narcissist panic. So first of all, let's think about what a narcissist actually is. A narcissist is a person that has no inner sense of value. They have to get all of their value from external sources in the form of what we call narcissistic supply. And if you want to know more about narcissistic supply, definitely check out my video on that topic. But basically, you know, they're like what I call the hollow chocolate Easter bunnies. They've got nothing going on on the inside. They look really pretty on the outside, but nothing going on inside. And so they kind of try to layer on everything from the external. They're sucking the life out of every person and interaction and and situation that they possibly can to try to make themselves feel like they have some value. And it's like a black hole, basically, of course, you can never get them to uh, be fulfilled or feel satisfied and and so they look at every person in every situation as an opportunity for getting that supply they literally like sharks you know seeing blood in the water oh they smell it and boom there they are they're after it so they're they're looking for it in every possible way but What's really going on is because they have no inner sense of value, they're kind of like living this double life all the time. Like there's this inner scared little child that they're constantly trying to like protect. And then there's The person that they want the world to think that they are, they want the world to believe that they are. They need endless adulation, they need endless attention. And, you know, what's interesting to me is like the massive irony of treating somebody poorly throughout an entire relationship, whether it's business or personal. And than being shocked and 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 disgusted when you no longer want to be in the relationship with them. It's like so ironic, isn't it? But anyway, if you want to start thinking about ways to make them panic, especially in a negotiation setting, because that will start to give you leverage over them in that negotiation, then just think of it in terms of the supply, right? What is giving them supply? Is it compliments, prestige, attention, adulation, respect, or is it controlling you, degrading you, manipulating the process, intimidating you, all of those things gives a narcissist supply, okay? So the first thing that, it, it, first secret to making them panic is to stop interacting with them. If you just stop interacting with them, or at least in on, on an emotional level, then you will Start to make them panic because they'll think, "Oh, why, why are they not coming back?" Because they, they, they goad you, they trigger you, they throw barbs out there, because they want you to come back. They want you to get into it. I, I remember uh, there was somebody that you know we used to know who was a narcissist, and uh, it, the guy would be like saying all kinds of insulting things to people, and then he'd go, "Now we're having a conversation," and you think. Uh, No, now I'm like really annoyed with you, but that's (laughs) to, to a narcissist, that's having a conversation. So, number one is stop interacting with them. Number two is not to fight back directly. You will want to fight back, but you must do it in a way that's super strategic. Okay. And I talk more about that in my video on creating leverage over narcissists and negotiations. I've also talked about it in my video called Slay Your Negotiation with a Narcissist, which is also the name of my program, of course. So I, I just want you to start thinking about, yes, you do need to fight back with them, but you must do it in a way that's super strategic, okay? So And the next thing is when you talk about leverage and creating leverage over the narcissist, you are going to want to threaten a source of narcissistic supply that's more important for them to protect than the the supply that they get from making your life miserable. So threatening to expose them in some way, threatening to make them look bad in front of judges or other people that... They don't want to know, like, you know, they're they're bad stuff out there. That's why they try to get at you before you get to them because they don't want you to expose them. Okay. So the next thing that you can do is just totally act like you don't care. I mean, like they just, they're doing stuff and you're just like, oh, I don't, I'm whatever. I mean, you can do whatever you want. Uh, Just so, oh, how's the weather today? Um, Just completely like it didn't even happen. You know, they did whatever they did to try to get a rise out of you and you just act like you don't care. That sends them and drives them absolutely crazy. Because now they up the ante, you know, they I have often said they're like two-year-olds having a tantrum on the floor. You know, you give in to them, and then the next time they think, okay, I'll just cry louder, scream more, kick harder, act worse, and then mom and dad'll give in, you know, and That's why I always say they're the worst right before they're ready to give up because they act like that um, until finally they realize, oh, they're not giving in this time, so I just have to give up. And so that's what's really going on with a narcissist in a negotiation as well. Um, And then the last one, of course, is going no contact or having super strong boundaries. You must do that. It will drive them crazy, but I'm telling you to do that, not just for, you know, driving them insane and making them panic, but also for your own health and peace of mind. Okay, so what narcissists hurt you so many times? How about you know what hurts the narcissist the most for a change? And this is really important because this really has so much to do with how to powerfully negotiate with narcissists. And this is something that I teach all the time. This is something that I really, really share in my negotiation courses and in my training. So this is the critical piece. And by the way, you need to watch till the end because the ending is going to absolutely shock you. All right, so the one thing they really don't want more than anything is they don't want to be exposed. There's different levels of things for narcissists. They don't want to be exposed meaning they want to look good at all times. They don't want to be exposed. So one of the main things that could really hurt a narcissist is criticism in front of people they respect. And this could come in a lot of different forms. So making them look bad in front of others, criticizing their intelligence, criticizing their looks, There's success. You could be out to dinner. You could say something so benign, so benign. You know, like we were out at a gas station and he wasn't pumping the gas himself or something like that. You know, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm just totally making stuff, something up. This isn't something that ever happened to me in my real life, just so you know. And the husband could like go flipping out over that. I mean, something that you wouldn't even think wouldn't even be a thing. He didn't drink all of his coffee. I mean, anything. And all of a sudden, like that's a huge thing. You just never know what could set them off sometimes because- Sometimes I always joke that narcissists hear your tones like dogs hear whistles. I mean, sometimes you could say something to them and they go, Oh, you know, you said something to me in a very sarcastic way, and you know, I didn't say anything, but they hear that as a criticism. Sometimes they take things in a way that's a criticism that's not even a criticism, and they're very easily slighted. They don't like that. Sometimes it's just even sharing personal information about them with other people. They perceive to be personal, they don't like that. Sometimes it's having an achievement, invalidated, they don't like that. There's a lot of different things, but if they are criticized in front of people in a certain way, they definitely don't like that. And so when you're going to negotiate with them, certainly any kind of potential exposure is going to be a great way to create leverage. In my SLAY methodology, which is strategy, leverage, anticipate, and focusing on you, I talk a lot about how to create that, that strategy, that leverage. And leverage is oftentimes tied up in that potential exposure because they really don't want to be criticized. They really don't want to be exposed. In my video, How to Make a Narcissist Panic, I talk about how to Make a Narcissist Panic. And You can definitely check that out if you'd like. They definitely do not want to be exposed. So that is one thing where you could really hurt that narcissist. Okay, number one, criticism in front of people they respect. All right, number two, it could even be more in a private setting, but being ignored or being told no. Any kind of thing where you're ignoring the narcissist. And by the way, This is one of those things, good for the goose, not good for the gander or gander goose, whatever. Who's ghosting all the time? Mm -hmm. Yeah, narcissists have no problem doing that too you, but definitely can't ignore them. I mean, they will flip out if you ignore them or tell them no or just any kind of thing where they feel like they're not in control. They don't like that. Or if you tell them they're not good enough or they're worthless or anything like that, of course, they don't like that. Who likes that anyway? I mean, obviously, but they really don't like that. I mean, if you tell... Somebody who has a strong sense of self that they're not good enough, that they're not worthless, or something like that, you know, they might go. Okay, whatever. But if you tell a narcissist that, they might get extremely defensive. They may not like that at all. You really don't want to do that sort of thing, even private with a narcissist. They can projection, deflection, especially if they can be abusive or something like that. You really have to be careful about that as well. Okay, so those are the first two. Now I'm going to unveil. What I told you is, I think, going to shock some of you. This is not what you normally would think of when it comes to narcissists, but it's true. And I've told you guys many times that the narcissist is this most scared little person on the planet deep down inside. And so the last one, the thing that scares them the most, the thing that is would hurt them the most, number three- is being abandoned. Yeah, the narcissist is really, really afraid of being abandoned and that would hurt them the most. But let me tell you, you cannot save them and staying with them will absolutely suck your soul. It will drain the life out of you. Believe me, I know. And I was never with a narcissist in a romantic situation. My situation was, I was in a business situation. And then we have one in our family, my husband and I. And there's a reason they're called energy vampires, okay, guys? You can't expect that they will be rehabilitated. You know, you empaths out there, I see you out there. You think you can save them and you cannot. No, you can't. You can't fix what's broken. Something happened deep down inside in them a long time ago. You can't fix it. You can't fill that void. It's a hole that cannot be filled. They have a fear of being abandoned that will hurt the the narcissist the most. You can't fix that. Okay? Okay. Five weaknesses that every single narcissist has And I want to reveal those to you because they don't want you to know about it. Narcissists are actually way more afraid of you than you are of them. That's the not so secret secret. They are so afraid that you're going to find this out. I always say it's like the Wizard of Oz, that it's like that scared little man behind the curtain and they have this big, huge thing that they're trying to put in front of everybody and, and make sure that everybody looks at that but they're actually hiding this shriveled little thing. They don't want anybody to ever see that. And that is really what's going on. That's really what's going on. So in this video, I'm going to give you five fears that they have that they don't ever want people to be revealing. They never want revealed, all right? So the number one is the fear of being challenged. Have you ever tried to challenge a narcissist in any way at all? They absolutely hate that. I mean, even if you play like a board game with them, they do not want to be challenged in any way, shape, or form. Even if you, if if it doesn't matter, there's no consequences. You know, I know for myself when I'm in a situation with a narcissist, you know, unless it's a situation where I'm dealing with them and. As a lawyer, if it's my personal life, I tend to just be like, whatever, dude, have it. Because who cares? You know, because they do not want to be challenged in any way. And I think it's kind of like a game, you know, because they take everything so personally, but they have this massive fear Of being challenged any way, shape, or form. And they will take it to the end. That's number one. Number two is a fear of being slighted. And, you know, this kind of goes hand in hand with that fear of being challenged, but this goes even further. This goes even deeper. I mean, this can even go. Down, down, you know, into that whole road rage thing, you know, where if somebody is like a malignant narcissist and they think that somebody has cut them off in traffic or has looked at them wrong, they will take this to the next level, and because they have this narcissistic injury, and it, if it's triggered then that narcissistic rage comes flying out. And they think that once that happens, they're not thinking clearly. They are full on in that emotional state and survival mode. And it's, you know, if I don't do something about it, then... I won't survive kind of a thing. I mean, it, it goes back to their childhood where they really feel like if if they don't go on this often, there's almost like an animalistic instinct within them. It makes them feel that if they don't lash out, that they will not survive in some way. I mean, it's deep, deep seated within them. And it, it's a, a, an emotional state in their brain that makes them feel that they need to react so vehemently and so violently sometimes. So that fear of being slighted, and you know, it could be a tone of your voice, it could be a look in your eye, it could be your body language. If they feel they're slighted in some way, they can react pretty strongly sometimes. So fear of being slighted. Number three is fear of being abandoned. And, you know, this is an interesting one because they will oftentimes start discarding you. They will oftentimes say, you can leave anytime. I don't care. I don't want you. If it's a business or personal relationship, They could treat you so poorly, ghost you, not talk to you for days at a time. I find this whole thing so ironic, so paradoxical, because you think, why in the world would anyone want to stay in a relationship that is so toxic, so horrible, When somebody has treated you so badly, and yet they have this massive fear of being abandoned, you know, where you don't want, why would you want to stay in a relationship like that? But then you end up wanting to often stay because you end up having these massive highs, these massive lows, and you become so trauma bonded to them a lot of times. I know, but... You don't want to have fear. You don't want to have that fear of leaving. You know, you want to end up becoming powerful against them. So no more fear. No more fear for you. You know, you can do this. You can do this. I can do this because you can. You can turn this ship around. You can you can start to turn this power dynamic around. I can help you. If you need phrases for disarming narcissists, I have phrases to help you do that. Go to disarmthenarc.com and grab my free phrases for disarming narcissists at disarmthenarc.com and use those for emails, for text messages, for talking to them, for communicating with them. It's a great place for you to start, disarmthenarc.com. And know that you don't need to have fear. All right. So, number four is fear of being alone. They hate being alone. Have you ever noticed that? They don't like to have their own thoughts, they want to have people around them all the time. Once that discard phase has happened, they have a new form of supply almost immediately because that's where they get their supply from you know remember they don't have any internal sense of value so they have to get all of their value from external sources and what does that mean it's from other people generally i mean yeah they can get it from those big houses or money or whatever but None of that matters unless somebody's noticing it, right? So money is is great, prestige is great, but somebody has to be seeing it to notice it. So they've got to have people around them. So fear of being alone is a big, big part of that. So number four is fear of being alone. Number five is the biggie, the biggie. The big, massive one. And this is where when you go to negotiate with a narcissist, this is how you create leverage. This is it. And in my Slay program, this is what I teach. And that is that they have a massive fear of being alone. Massive fear of being alone. Fear of being exposed. Fear of being exposed for who they are. This is what you definitely can build your leverage on. Massive fear of being exposed. Their top shelf supply is how they look to the world. And that's how you build your leverage. Remember, S.L.A.Y. stands for strategy, leverage, anticipate, and stay two steps ahead of them and focus on you, and you being on the offensive and then your mindset. And so L is leverage. How do you build that leverage? It is around how they look to the world and you not being jerked around anymore, right? So how do you do that? You find a form of supply That's more important for them to keep than the supply that they get from jerking you around and then threaten that form of supply. And the way that you can build that is figuring out what it is that is their fear of being exposed. Remember, they don't want to be exposed. So that's their biggest fear. Number five, fear of being exposed. And today, I'm going to be sharing insights into the fear that lurks behind that confident facade of narcissists. So what really makes a narcissist who they are? I mean, what makes them tick? Well, they've got this deep insecurity. It's a deep sense of shame. You know, it started off with trauma they were children and they, they 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 needed to feel like they needed to survive that's what happened initially and so their brains were conditioned to believe that they needed to survive their brains were wired for survival and because of that they think that they need to grasp on to you know, manipulating people, and 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 it's a very fragile ego that they've got going on, and and it's this fragile shell of of what's happening. They've got this tiny little, you know, it's like a tiny little, like a uh, scared little thing that's inside of them that they're constantly protecting, and. They don't want you to know that. It's like I always say. It's like the Wizard of the Wizard of Oz. This big, huge head, but the the thing that's behind it is this feeble little man behind the curtain, and you know, or or this chocolate Easter bunny that looks really pretty on the outside, but behind it is this little shell, and you know, it's very hollow inside. And so, you need to understand that it's all about survival for them. It has really nothing to do with you. It has all to do with them needing to survive. That's why they have no empathy for you because it's it's all about them and their pain and shame constantly. And so the the worst thing that scares them is you know being exposed. They don't want to be exposed for who they really are. And and so when you are creating leverage, which is one of the things that I teach, I teach you how to um negotiate with them that's the first place that you can go is is building up you know keeping track through your documentation of you know the uh you, keeping track of their lies keep, keeping track of their bad behavior keep you know making summaries of all of that and saying hey I I can potentially expose you and having a strategy around that, and that becomes your leverage. So, what are their five core fears? Their five core fears are number one: being challenged. They, they have this need to always be right, and they they don't want anyone to expose them. They have to be in control. And why can't they stand being questioned? You know, because they they have to have everyone think that they're in control all the time. And even if they get proven wrong, they'll stand you straight and and look straight in in your face and say, that's not correct. I mean, you know, the sky could be blue and they'll look you straight in the face and say, no, it's purple. I mean, I've actually seen uh, lawyers in court look you straight in the face and say, that whatever it says on the page of a transcript, that's not what it says, even though that's what it says in the transcript of their own words. They do not want to be challenged. Five core fears, number one. Number two is being slighted. Oh my gosh, their constant need for attention and praise. However, so the smallest little slight can, can set them off. It can be a, a tone, it can be an eye roll. I always say that narcissists hear tones like dogs hear whistles, like you know it can be you know no tone whatsoever they hear tone, so you, you know that's why I always say when when you want to get something from them fluff or favor vomit later, you know you kind of fluff up their ego so that you can try to get something from them, right, so that's number two, and number three is being abandoned. I know that they, they act like the worst. And, and you think, why would anyone want to stay around it? Because they're horrible. But yet they have this massive fear of rejection. You constantly are thinking, why would I want to be around you? you? You've been awful. You, you, you want to run away from them like your hair is on fire. But then like it's this constant push-pull because the minute you're trying to leave, that's when they turn the charm back on again right? Because they don't want you to leave. And and then, then they start doing all the things that they were supposed to do in the first place, which is just maddening because then you know that they know what they were supposed to do in the first place, right? Totally, right? And if you're trying to negotiate with a narcissist right now, please grab my free Crush My Negotiation Prep Worksheet. It's a free 15-page ebook and it will definitely help you get that at winmynegotiation.com winmynegotiation.com it'll totally help you and i can drop a link to that below as well winmynegotiation.com it's a free ebook and it's helped so many people win their negotiations so and then number 4 is being alone i mean they you know they they they, they hate being alone um And and that's part of the reason why they're constantly struggling for attention and validation because they don't want to have to be alone. Contrary to the way they act, they have the worst feelings of unworthiness. I mean, everybody has feelings of unworthiness. Everyone has feelings of insecurity. But they have the worst feelings of unworthiness of all of us. You know, they have the deepest feelings of pain, the deepest feelings of shame. They struggle with awful feelings of emptiness you know, that's why they have a fear of being abandoned, right? And and yet they teach you, they treat you awfully, you know, and then back to number five is being exposed. The image that they project versus who they truly are deep down inside is vastly different, vastly different. And the fear of people seeing them for who they truly are is deep. And that that's why that's how you can build your leverage is, is right around that, what I call that diamond level supply, a diamond level supply. So making sure that you know what that diamond level supply is and making sure that you know what diamond level supply is versus coal level supply. And I explained a lot of this in my slave methodology and diamond level supply, being, you know, who they look to, what, how they look to the world, and um, their image, and their co level supply being degrading people, manipulating people, and treating people poorly, and basically you in this scenario. And to set up your best leverage, you need to figure out how to threaten a source of supply that's more important for them to keep than the supply that they get from jerking you around, which is you.